0: Welcome to another special episode of Africa State of Mind A podcast about great Africans doing great things on the continent and around the globe It is all about changing the narrative on Africa, owning our own stories and controlling them The podcast is definitely about curating incredible African stories by Africans Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your suggestions and comments on our social media pages. Our social media pages, again, for those who just joined us, Facebook at Africa State of Mind, Twitter at Africa State Mind. Let's get straight into this episode. There's a song from a play called Rent that I thought was apt to start this conversation with my guest on today's episode of Africa's State of Mind. So please do indulge me. 525,600 minutes, 525,000 moments so dear. 525,600 minutes, how do you measure measure a year? In daylights, in sunsets, in midnights, in cups of coffee, in inches, in miles, in laughter, in strife. I thought it was apt to start with this song as a reference because after all, how do we measure life? And in this case, how do we measure how far we as Africans have gone from being that continent that never um, was never going to be able to influence the world to basically being the epicenter of the world? So let's look at popular culture, for example. Enter Wizkid, uh, Lupita, Chimamanda, Trevor and Black Coffee. An example of great leadership also coming from the world and people who are impacting and influencing the way that world leaders think, President Paul Kagame, Dr. Abi Abi Ahmed. I mean, we only have to look as far as one of the highest grossing movies of all time, which is based on Africa and showing how in all our blackness, beauty, intellect and resources, we had everything the world was lacking. Enter Black Panther. I could have gone on and on with so many different examples of how Africa is turning the world literally on its head. It's almost unbelievable thinking about that, that six years ago, this was possibly not the case. When my guest on today's episode of Africa State of Mind delivered her powerful TED talk, Finding the African Story, the world didn't see Africa at all. Or if to use, if I can please use the Nigerian term, they did not send for Africa at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In fact, the world blatantly refused to see any other view of Africa than that of hopelessness and one in need. It was this frustration that has been the fuel to my guest's success as an author, executive, producer, speaker, presenter, businesswoman, everything she has done has helped give an alternative story to this complex yet amazing place we call home, Africa. You may remember her from Jacob's Cross, I certainly do, or be familiar with her work on Carte Blanche, CNN, or followed her career as she facilitated facilitated international panels, or perhaps you read one of her romantic books, Nolly Books, which I know our producer Takisa did, <laughs> or you are you were a little envious of her as she travelled around the continent, she rubbing shoulders and showing the lives of some of the wealthiest people in Africa. Or perhaps you're one of those people who contributed to a story that she was painting on the internet, um, on her website, Africa, Africa, where she only highlighted the good about Africa. She's now the chairperson of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in South Africa. She is Africa retold, and her name is Moki Makura. Moki,
1: welcome. Hey, thank you. Thank you very Good. much for that. It's always interesting
0: listening to somebody describe you or talk about <laughs> you in yeah. the past. And you're like, is that me? Yeah. Mm, okay. I, I, okay. I clearly gave you a title wrong with regards to Bill and Melinda Gates absolutely Foundation. Did. absolutely
1: Okay. <laughs> we'll keep it real. So though. Bill and Melinda are still there. They yeah. are the co-chairs. Yeah. I, I have two hats. I'm the country representative for okay, South Africa and I'm yes. the
0: deputy director for communications okay. for Africa. Okay. So how did you get into... I don't want to start there. I actually want to start with a great analogy that you gave um, in an interview, where you said um, while while writing and speaking and traveling around the continent, you were interviewed and you said about how it's interesting that if somebody who lives in a township, somebody who lives in a township in South Africa, will know what it is that an American mm-hmm. eats for breakfast, but they perhaps won't know what a Ugandan or a Ghanaian or somebody from Tanzania has for breakfast. Talk to us about just how far mm-hmm. you feel that we've come as a continent.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you. Um on Saturday, I was a, I was at an event, and increasingly, when I do these events, I notice that African women are now wearing African yeah. clothing. It's a little thing, but it's it, it's exactly to that point that you know seven, eight, nine years ago, we were all wearing Western clothing. Exactly. So I now make a point that if I am doing a public thing, I will wear an African outfit because yeah. it goes to the fact that I am proud of where I'm from from, and that having that Af- African identity is a good thing we're not sort of hiding it behind it's not what we wear to bed at night it's actually what we wear out so for me that was that's. it's always a moment when I look and I look across and I see amazing women looking amazing in what they're wearing that I realise that we have come a long way because yes. that perception has changed. The perception was that if you were African, it was better to be American. That's why we wanted to know what they had for breakfast because that was our aspiration. Yes, yes. So now the aspiration has changed. Mm. We want to be African. and We're proud to be African. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it does go down to the fact that, you know, we have to start... Highlighting those stories, we have Definitely. to put those heroes out there. We've got to showcase people that are doing amazing things, and you listed them, yes. a lot of them. So
0: yeah, I think yeah. that's a big change. So now, um, you know what I find so fascinating is, or oh, not fascinating, but interesting. I'm going to go right into the heart of it, and I'll come back to the lighthearted stuff. So you know, there's this constant debate about what's going on with the way that the world is looking at Africa. Mm-hmm. On one hand, um, everybody's so excited. So we've mentioned Wizkid, you know, Dr. abi Ahmed, Paul kagap all these different people who are being showcased globally. Um, as almost new faces to what Africa is all about. But then there's also, you know, a lot of people who are kind of skeptical in a sense that they feel that in a way, what is African is still being dictated by an international narrative. So only X amount of people are allowed to go through. Um, So what are your, your views on that? Well, look, I think, you know, what I feel is that we need to stop
1: looking at other people as being responsible for how things are, responsible Mm. for the narrative, responsible for letting certain people go through and they're only pinpointing certain people. Personally, I don't agree with that. Mm. I feel that, you know, Kagame is on a global platform because Mm. of the reforms that he's done. Exactly. You know, um, the the Prime Minister of Ethiopia has done amazing things in a very short space of time. So Mm. he's gone through. I think the door... Mm. is open you mm. need to step up to it as Africans we need to step up to it you know one of the things that you know I say that and this is more about you know women and men and how you know you, you know you get this terminology called an angry black woman if you're a little bit oh, aggressive yeah. and you, you're <laughs> knocking on the door um, because you assume that you've been you've been told not to be at that place so yes. you're knocking on the door you're angry and actually you know what I think the doors open you just need to go up to it and open yeah. it and that's how I feel about Africa mm. that I think we've been saying that you know the narrative we need to you know people stop people talking about Africa in a particular way we need to start talking about Africa in the right way Mm. you know I think a lot of it comes back to us and I'll just say this because I did this exercise a little while ago um, at some retreat that I went to where um, they asked about a movie that had sort of inspired you or influenced you the most and when I thought about it, it was actually Hotel Rwanda. Yeah. And I remember seeing that film at the time. And what really struck me and made me really angry and actually propelled me to do a lot of the things I do was the fact that everybody watched it and said, why did the international world do nothing? Why mm. did, you know, Belgium so not true. do anything? Why, didn't yeah. the, why, why, didn't the wor- why did the world turn its back? And I kept thinking, what about us mm. as Africans? What did we do? Mm. What did we do, and what did Rwandans themselves? What could they have done? Mm. And for me, it always comes back to you know before you point your finger, what are you doing? And that mm. for me is the way I approach a lot of these things. That mm. what are we doing?
0: Mm. And now, just um, with regards to because I think that that is so powerful. And when you said that, it led me into another kind of thought um, where it's because even now I feel that with the continent, <laughs> we're <laughs> we're a lot we know a lot more about what's going on with our neighbours, but still we don't have. You know, what's, what's going on in the East and West and South, people are not we don't actually know what's really happening. We haven't, as Africans, tapped into the possibilities of what is possible, you know, in other countries. So, for example, I know the Premier of Gauteng, he, he said that Gauteng has the seventh largest um, economy in in Africa, which I thought was quite interesting. And then he also said that part of the reason was that because the private sector within Gauteng and the Gauteng government has understood the power of tapping into Africa, that's mm-hmm. what's been the essential change. Do you feel that as Africans in general that we seeing this you know people tapping in because there's talk of the free trade agreement. There's talk of all these different things, but are we really you know what I mean? Like, what's the next push?
1: Mm. You know, I, I think the AU you know has identified that as as a continent as one big sort of country, so to speak, we're more powerful. Because mm. if you look at successful countries, China, India, you know, the US got massive populations. The way things work, I think, in, you, you need critical mass. Mm. And sometimes smaller countries like Gambia, Botswana, they're small, mm. right? So if we come together, we are just much more powerful exactly, together yeah. than we are apart. And, you know, things like being able to travel, across africa easily i mean you know going, yeah. <laughs> getting a south african visa getting a nigerian visa we are the so, ones doing a lot of these things yeah. to ourselves we we, we, we we sometimes make it hard for ourselves to be african inter africa trade mm. you know is, is, is a huge be issue yeah. because we, what the things actually most african countries require most african countries don't sell Sure. So we require oil. We, most countries, Nigeria doesn't have even, isn't capable of refining its own oil to get petrol. So mm. we import petrol. Mm. So I'm just saying there's a lot of things that we as Africans need to mm. fix on the continent before we start with the blame game. Yeah. But I think the one thing is if we realize that we are a single market mm. and we should be able to cross borders, so things echo ECOWAS and the EAC and, and um, SADAC, We should all be trading. We should. It should be free movement of goods across the Mm. continent. And you know, because I think, you know, what people don't realise, they you know, we've got this thing called the swing states. We've got, um, we've got Nigeria. We've got. Um, we've got Kenya and we've got South Africa. Yes. And those are the swing states. Those yeah. are the I've never actually countries.
0: heard it in that way, but I see what you mean. Sorry, yeah, continue. So, yeah,
1: yeah, So if, for me, if you look at Africa, those are the ones that you kind of that take mm. the continent. Those are the ones that almost dictate what's going on on the mm. continent. And there's many, many countries in between. And those smaller countries won't be successful and will always drag us down or will always if we don't all come up come up together, come up together. Yeah. so i don't know i don't know if that answers your questions but that's how i see it that it's we are one strong entity yeah. together
0: yeah. and if we're not together then we're weak yeah no, definitely. I so agree with that. Now, I want to take it back to the first time that I actually saw you do anything, like quite literally. Cause I know, I mean, I was somebody who grew up, like, I just loved watching, like, soapies and dramas and all of that. You know, that's what I loved. So when I first saw Jacob's Cross in my mind, I thought, what is going on? But in a good way, cause I was so captivated with the story. I loved, um, the whole Nigeria and South Africa mm, link. I love that. Yeah. I loved that the, the inter was almost, you know, um, you. It was, it was, a yeah, it, it was the dream yeah it was the like, vision it was you know. the dream and it just yeah. seems so like impossible yeah. and even on a basic level the relationships the interrelationships and and just this idea of like oh my gosh you know this is better than it's better than anything do you know what i mean but i heard that you it, you didn't actually plan to become an actress it's no, I did not I mean, I didn't And, and that's I, like a good That's a good accident to happen
1: It is You know, you, my, my favorite thing is that life, life is what happens when you're busy making plans yeah. you know, Being an actress was not on my agenda But actually, if you think about it When I was very young I used used to be in all my school plays I used to like acting But mm. it wasn't something that I thought And I think also as an African mm. Being an actress Is not something that my parents would At have said all. You know, this is what we <laughs> sent you to school for You mm. know So it's always been this thing that you know, You know, whatever But I was on television So yeah. I was approached by um, somebody who said, oh, we need you for this film. And I was like, film? And I, he, he happened to be Nigerian. So immediately my mind went to like some of the Nollywood films. <laughs> Back in the day, production values were not great. I mean, I was like, no, I do not want to be in a Nollywood film. And he just kept at me and I said, okay, fine, I'll just go to the audition. Because, I, you know, I like to think that, you know, opportunity comes knocking on your door and you must just open it. and You must do it. So to cut a long story short, I... I did it. I ended up being an actress. And mm. I remember my first,
0: And you were phenomenal. That's why I can't I believe it. into it.
1: And I have to say, I always <laughs> say this to people, that if I'd been asked to play a, a, a you know, a, a sex worker who was on drugs <laughs> and was, you know, doing something, it would have been probably a lot harder. You'd, you'd have seen my limitations as an actress, but I was playing essentially myself. Yeah. I was playing you know, an educated African woman in business yes. that, you know, you can't go too wrong. You just stick to your lines and, you know, just, exactly. you know, so it, it wasn't a, a big shift. And I learned on mm. set as I was going, because when I first started, I had, you know, you, you know, when you're younger, you can just fall into things and become an actress. When you've been on TV, you know what it is to read a script, you know when to stop. And then all of a sudden you're acting. It, mm. was, it was a bit of a transition, but I, I loved the challenge. I ended mm. up loving it frustrated with how long it does take to, to make television, but it was amazing TV. Yeah. I think Jacob's Cross was one of the most phenomenal television series that happened because I think it really shifted people's perspectives of what Africa is and yes. what it could be. It was African business people. We were doing things that you typically would see on a show like Dallas or in an American show, but we were doing it and it was being done in Africa. So it was, I, I really enjoyed it. It's a yeah. pity that it's ended, but it actually it's still being shown You know, every so often. Yeah. Every time <laughs> see I see my... it in
0: my mind and, you know, and that's one of those great reference points I feel in terms of African, um, film and, 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 and TV as a whole. I just believe that Jacob's Cross is one of those references because mm-hmm. I know there were awards that were won in Monte Carlo. It was an award winning mm-hmm. show. But even with all of that, it was quite surprising that at that point, just to juxtapose, people were not, the, the rest of the world was not 100% sold on, this is what Africa could be. It was totally fiction. Although people here were flying in PJs, like in Nigeria, people had private jets more than anywhere, but it just was not something that the world was comfortable seeing. Um, so it, it's good to see now that there's the, the change in comfortability of what it means to be African has, you know.
1: But but I do want to say, because I think some time ago the Nigerian president, not the current one, you know, said at the time how Nigeria was doing well but look, and his measure of success was the number of private jets mm. that we had in the country you know now I work for an organization that's all about inclusive growth and you know you've got these extremes you've got people with private jets and then you've got people who've got nothing Mm. literally nothing and in Nigeria they're right side by side in South Africa they're slightly hidden maybe in the townships and you know whatever but that for me you know, is a problem. So I don't want to paint, you know, um mm. Jacob's Cross as this aspirational show that was all up there not reflective. But what I think Jacob's Cross did and what its role was was to show that this is what is possible. Because mm. those people who are who don't have anything have to be able to dream. Mm. They have to be able to see themselves reflected, mm. right? Because that's your aspiration. Mm. So for me that's Jacobs Cross role. Not that it was sort of floating off trying to, you know, pretend that well we don't have poverty in Africa and there's nothing here. It was actually saying that whilst we do we're putting a picture of what is possible For Africans yeah. to achieve and aspire to yeah.
0: And now just touching on um, Work that you're doing now with the um, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and you also Mentioned with regards to Nigeria And I think I saw stats about how Nigeria is a number what has 87 Million people who are living on the poverty line and has surpassed um, India where that is concerned. And so this brings in a whole, because I know the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, just following a lot of the work that you you have been doing as an organization, it has been all about inclusivity from including people into the economy who per- perhaps did not have banking at all before, um, you know, just to ensuring that more women are included when it comes to different fields, be it tech, be it agriculture. For you, I want to ask many questions about this. So the first is about your thoughts about where it is that Nigeria sits currently, mm-hmm. especially with the elections coming about in 2019, and some of the key things that need to happen to turn this African giant into one that is a dream for all Nigerians mm-hmm. versus just a, a small group of them. So that's a big
1: question. What does Nigeria have to do to, to, to
0: just? You're like, eh hey, Boko Haram. Yeah, which one is it? Water, yeah. Nepa. Yeah, I mean,
1: you know, I think Nigeria is an amazing place. I mean, obviously yeah, I love Nigeria. Nigeria. Yeah. And I think it has so much potential to be so much. It's got a huge population. You know, this youth boom that some people see as negative is an opportunity mm-hmm. for us. It's got oil. It's got resources just not being, you know, assigned properly. I think from the Gates Foundation, you know, Bill Gates went there a lot earlier on this year and when he sort of... He had a speech. he spoke to sort of all the the governors, all thirty six states they wow. were in a room that's power to and, get them done. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but he actually is spending billions of dollars in Nigeria. So he, he actually can, he's mm. one of few people who can stand up and tell Nigerians. Mm. And what he actually said, which I think is true, is that Nigeria is not investing in human capital. It's not investing mm. in its people. If you look at Nigeria's spend over the last couple of years, and it's typical of a lot of African leaders, they put money into infrastructure, things you can see. Because when they leave power, they can say, oh, I built that bridge. I built that building. I put that train thing in place. But that is not what fuels an economy me because to make people ride on that train they have to be healthy right mm. they have to be educated and human capital is about investing in people in the health and the education of your country mm. so there's a lot of you know nigeria i mean i think i, I can't remember all the all the stats but education wise kids can't read Right. Mm. Reading, writing in Nigeria, levels of education, the quality of education, the learning outcomes is so poor. We need to put effort and money into that, into people's health. You know, things like malaria, TB, things like that. People just, if if you're not healthy, you cannot participate Mm. in your economy. If you're spending all your money trying to figure out how you're going to survive, you know, people are not going to be focused on building a country. So for me and for the foundation, and this is actually a personal view, that instead of putting up buildings, that, you know, don't get maintained at the end of the day. Instead of building bridges for people Mm. who don't have cars, instead of, you know, doing all these things that look great and propel us towards being this first world city, you know, we need to take care of the people who Mm. don't have voices, very poor. And even though governments say that's their priority, the reality is not because their priority probably is, you know, getting their private jets and... (laughs) you know, (laughs) having the lifestyle. But I mean, I I don't want to generalize like that. But I mean, I think the point is that I think Nigeria has potential and with the right leadership. And that's what it is. I mean, you've seen it in Rwanda where when you have the right Right leadership, you can can change things totally. And you've seen in
0: Ethiopia as well. I mean, another thing, when I was in Port Arcot earlier on this year, um, I interviewed somebody from the... Magic Brush International Film School. Mm -hmm. And he said something that was so interesting um, because that's where a lot of people from Nollywood went to train and such. Mm -hmm. And he said something so interesting. He said that the one thing that Nigeria has been able to sell to the rest of the world The best thing That they've done Is they've been able To sell their culture And mm. quite literally It's I mean my dad Has to remind me often That I'm not Nigerian When I just <laughs> You know He's like Where's your Ugandan accent It's like <laughs> "It's Between these two walls." I'm like eh, Daddy what's happening he's like, Anyway So you know It's, it's obviously the, the culture And before Everybody was trying To kind of speak In this American I accent And that. now it's like I think I also heard That the Nigerian accent Is one of the sexiest In the world oh, really? Yes One of the sexiest Accents in the world um, Obviously we've seen with the film industry, what Nollywood has done and just how it's grown and developed and then obviously the popular culture and the fashion industry Mm -hmm. just all around. Nigeria really has I think it's like what I love about Nigeria is that it's the prototype of how one country, yeah, yeah. despite everything, can yeah. influence the world because that's literally yeah. what's going on in Nigeria at the moment. Yeah. And
1: I think what feels that is that Nigerians are incredibly proud. Of yeah, being just
0: like Americans. Inc- Americans are part of being. It's yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. You know, so one of the things like you know, I'm married to Zimbabwean, so a Nigerian married to Zimbabwean, and we've got kids who have grown up here. So, yes. Yeah. At one stage, they used to think they were South African. Yeah. I used to say, no,
0: you it not. is not possible who <laughs> are nigerian
1: and then I, I i allow them to be zimbigerians i made up a, made up both but it's funny i spent a lot of um like two years with my my kids in nigeria and my daughter her default accent is almost a nigerian accent i keep uh. looking at it. like where did you get it from where where is it because it's a little bit cool yeah it's, a it's bit very cool. yeah in fact, she has i probably shouldn't be saying this but she has these four friends and only in fact she's the only half nigerian one they call themselves the four funkes
0: Ah, you're kidding. As in Funke? I, funke, is uh-huh. like oh me, my like,
1: gosh, where did you get this from? <laughs> you know, so so that you know, to me, I mean, they're in their teens, so yeah, it's, it, that's it is, fantastic. Though it's great that mm. I think they've sort of gotten onto this spec that it's cool to be Nigerian, yeah. but I don't want it to be about Nigerian. You know, it, it, because Nigeria has that big diaspora. You know, there's no place where you go you won't see a Nigerian. Even Alaska, ask Trump. Oh, oh in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> So wherever you meet in the town yeah. you know, They always say And this is why I say That the biggest asset Nigeria has Is its people Because yeah. when you meet a Nigerian You're like wow You know they sound great They're educated They're you know whatever Every time I've had people Who've gone over there Gosh they're so smart Slightly patronizing mm. But because they're educated And they're outward looking You know mm. and, and, and I think the one thing I feel that I wanted to have, have Make sure my kids had That I think that I had Just from being a Nigerian Was confidence mm. Sometimes it's misplaced confidence mm. Because I have uh, uh, you know it's not always good, um, but I think that level of confidence, which I see in Americans, yes. um, is a really good
0: thing, and then that's what I want to see with more Africans. Yeah. That, you know, it's not about what you have; it's it's your state just, of mind. Yeah, but but what I do love about it is the fact that Nigerians are g- almost giving, you know, allowing all other Africans African to Frank. step into their Absolutely. pride. I mean, just uh, just one more story on this, which is so hilarious. I traveled for some award ceremony in um, the states. I'm trying to not mention the artists' names and everything. But we got to the um, JFK Uh and this was like maybe two, three years ago. We got to JFK and they're checking people and I'm just like, listen, I'm not about this life. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I was just praying they don't see all my visas in Africa. It's not possible. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, look, I was in Norway, you know, just so that they'll let you in. (laughs) Yo, the person that was some of the people I was with, and you know, like the artists, they were like, "Hey, this guy," he said to the guy was busy asking him, "He's like, sorry, sir, like, what do you do? Like, what he's like asking him all these questions." He goes, "And uh-huh. hand, you want to Google me? Can I tell you? <laughs> I went. I was near the front of the queue. I'm like." See, this is JFK. It must stop. I went to the other long queue, mm-hmm. got myself my own town car. I'm like, you guys are crazy. What do you, what do you mean? He's like, eh, I was just like, that was like, a, but it was so amazing because before, you know, everybody would be so like, but yeah. now they're like, no, Google me. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah. And I think that the immigration officer was also kind of like, what? I didn't hear you the rest never of the story heard that before <laughs> yo, I didn't hear the rest of the story. I'm like we're j f k this is not happening. I'm not standing near you <laughs> until we're inside. <laughs> I came here for for something you know um but now also, I wanted to just um speak a little bit about how the how the dynamics within Africa have changed, and I don't know if you'll be able to speak um in your capacity with the bill gates foundation
1: just i'm going to give you a little trick because everybody struggles with the bill and melinda gates foundation even
0: i do so just call it the gates foundation okay the gates foundation (laughs) because i always want to say melania (laughs)
1: you know, well, some people call it <laughs> Melinda Belinda, Melinda I'm just Belinda like Because you always hear her name <laughs>
0: Yeah yeah Okay so with the Gates Foundation mm-hmm. um, You know A while back When people used to look at How they worked with Africa It was always about Africa being a place of aid mm-hmm. And it looks mm-hmm. as though With some of the projects That you That the, the foundation Has um, introduced It's more about Partnerships mm-hmm. And being a, a, Assisting with development Versus it being You know As a relationship Being like We have We're giving You do That's mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. So talk to us about Some of the new initiatives That have come through um, at the gates foundation currently
1: well i I think you know the gates foundation we have over you know 28 different program strategies right so we do a lot Mm -hmm. and because africa is a lot of time where a lot of the issues are the things that we're trying to solve we spend a lot of money in, in um, on the continent but I think what's been happening not just for the Gates Foundation but generally for development people mm. people who are funding development um, donors you know foundations and people working NGOs working in the space is that you actually realize that in order for you to have lasting impact you've got to change the model mm. for years we've been doing aid from you know from America from the U- U- UK giving it you know to Africa as a beneficiary and you realize that it's only successful if They are partners in it. Mm. Because if I give you money and I say, go and spend money on, you know, don't buy cakes because you need to lose weight. Mm. If you don't buy into that, I'm going to turn around. You're going to go buy cake and do whatever you want to do. And so I think over time, a lot of donor um, organizations have realized that you've got to engage because each country has its own priorities. For example, imagine in South Africa. If you come here, you're a donor, you want to your your focus is on neglected trop- tropical diseases for example mm. the country is focused on tackling HIV and TB there is nothing that you can say that's going to make them attach resources or prioritize neglected tropical diseases because it's not it's a not, priority for yeah. them and I think that realization is what is swaying a lot of people because we work in partnership with government so even in South Africa we do do work in HIV and TB because that's a priority for South Africa in Nigeria um our priority has been polio, um, which is not necessarily... But it has become the government's priority because, mm. you know, polio may not be a disease that affects a lot of people, but the essence of polio is making sure you vaccinate it's so simple. children. It's mm. a So the infrastructure for polio, once we put that in there, we've paid huge amounts to make sure it's there. Governments can step in and they use that to do routine immunisation of all children, which we know governments need, right? So for me, this thing about um, Africa not being at the table when the decisions are made... It's changing. Mm. We we are at the table because it you are realizing that you know the the president has to be there. There has to be a development plan, and they have to be aware of what they want to happen in their country. Donors can come in and support that. That's mm. what happens in um, in. Um, Ethiopia, and the reason why a country like Ethiopia is so successful is that if you want to come in and do anything in Ethiopia they hand you their development mm. plan this sure, is what we're powerful. doing yeah. these are our priorities mm. you look through there and you decide okay fine I can support you on there I can support you on there if not they make it difficult for you to operate there mm. because they don't need distractions mm. you know so so definitely there is a shift the way the Gates Foundation reflects that we've only got three offices in Africa because you know we're not the UN we can't it's expensive having offices all mm. over but the the role of the Africa team that I work for at the foundation is really to sort of understand what the local context is. So we're not just pouring money down into a country where there's no, you know, it's not being prioritised, understand what the local context is, understand what the other donors are doing, get the government relationships. You know, you need to understand what government's priorities are, what, what are their challenges, what are the and blockages. And our role is to actually say, OK, so how can we help support mm. government, open up those blockages to allow our programme teams to be successful? You know, HIV, TB, how can they be successful? So, for mm. example, the foundation um, supported... Um, by giving technical assistance to the writing of the national um, what's it called the the HIV and TB plan the national strategic plan for HIV and, okay, yes. and TB I can't it's yeah. left my mind now but we sub- we provided technical yeah. assistance because we realised that you know what in order for us to do what we want to do the the sort of the platform has to be right the mm. priorities in terms of how they want to tackle these two diseases has to be right so we advised them and we provided mm. technical assistance so this thing about working in partnership, I think is it's a realisation that not just us has, mm. but everybody has. Because at the end of the day, Bill and Melinda are not spending all their money so that they can just say they did it. They actually genuinely want to have impact. Mm. You know, Maybe it's an arrogant thing. You actually want to see that you've made a change. I mean, who, who doesn't? And yeah. I think the realisation is you can't do it on your own.
0: Mm, no, not at all. Um, as you were speaking, I just kept thinking, um, this question kept going in my mind i have a lot of questions but i'm going to limit them so the one question is um would because you've done you've literally been involved in so many different things Mm. be it from being an author you know and writing romance books i mean
1: i didn't write the books i published them them, publishing sorry the books
0: to and traveling around the continent um on the show what is it called lifestyle living it living it, living it, living it yeah yeah where you literally were with some of the most powerful and wealthiest mm. people around the continent to Jacob's cross to your, um, your philanthropy work right now with the and uh, with the Gates, Gates foundation, <laughs> um, you know, to just all round. Mm. Is there, cause it seems to me as though your life just kind of happened as you were making plans. So it was like a door knocked mm-hmm. opportunity, you know? Mm-hmm. So if, if the door behind you see that door behind you, mm-hmm. there was a knock and you opened the door and it was, would you run for president of Nigeria? Would you open that door? Let's assume that you were based in Nigeria. Da, da, da. Take all of that Absolutely. out.
1: Absolutely, You don't even have to qualify that.
0: Okay. You know, wow. because I
1: think, I, you know, you get to a certain stage, you know, and I'm, I'm 51 now. Hmm. And I feel I've done a lot. My life has been adventurous. I've been lucky enough to be able to get up, have a thought and think, oh, I can do that. And I went out and I did it. You know, and the times I realize that is when I'm going on a plane and when we hit turbulence in the past, I'd be like, oh, my God, no, we're going to die. No, <laughs> Now I'm like, you know what? If this plane goes down right now today, am I OK with all, what, what I've done? Yeah. And I think, yeah, So yeah. I'm actually very calm about yeah. life. But now I'm at a stage where, OK, so how do you really get back? Yeah. I feel that I'm in, in, in a very, you know, I'm in a, in a great job. I mean, I love working for the Gates Foundation. But if, what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. It's really about going back to my country to serve. And I don't mm-hmm. know that necessarily it's being running for president, I think there's so many things that somebody like me can do. Born Definitely. in Nigeria, had the, you know, the privilege of being educated overseas, have had lots of experience working in different places. What can I bring back to my country? Mm. It's all very well to sit in South Africa and say, hey, you know, Africa's a great place. But as I say, South Africa is Africa light, you know, there's mm, pockets African of Africa light, you, you know, hashtag Africa light. You can pretend that, you know, you're, in, you're not in Africa, you know. Yeah. And I think... My my real you know you don't even I talk a lot about Africa but I always say here in my heart I'm Nigerian because mm. I know that when I die mm. that's where I'm going to be buried mm. right so you know it's full circle I came from there and that's where I'm going back to so I do I would go back and mm. if there's an opportunity I would absolutely mm. go back and serve in terms of what I do I really feel that you know whilst um, Nigeria has a, a good reputation in certain pockets you know in terms of our entertainment and we have a poor reputation in terms of governance and Mm. and things like that and it's not about fixing our reputation by communications but communications is what I do and what I've been doing Mm. for a long time I think that has a long way to to play that how politicians speak to the population how you know how you know how you you communicate that you know you are there to serve Mm. the people you know if you know I'm about going back to serve in Mm. whatever capacity so if that door opens regardless of who is behind there if that's you know it's come to serve as as um what's it um, Ramaphosa said and it's that song send me yes Send me. I'll go. Sure,
0: sure. I actually would like if you, you know, end up in one of those positions in Nigeria. I literally will call up. I say, what, what do you mean? Mm. Hey, do I do you not see my picture with her? What's your problem? <laughs> please, 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 please. <laughs> What's all this visa? What, what, what? <laughs> Bring her in. I'll be like, bring her in. I'll be like, eh, uh-huh. see, yeah, they don't want to give me a visa. You, you sound so Nigerian. My goodness, yeah, I'm My telling goodness. you, I have Nigerian names, so don't even oh, really? don't mind me. Yeah, I have to I have to detox from all that, but it's all good. Um, and then and and then I did want to say um this one thing as we come to a closing. Um, the reason why you know we had felt it was so important to um interview you, especially at this particular time in history as a whole, is that like we you know at the beginning um. You know, I kind of try to articulate the way that Africa is now almost standing on a global stage, but in a different kind of way where people are respecting mm-hmm. um Africa a lot more in a way that they were not before, you know, Um, is that for me, you have always been that person who, when nobody believed, mm-hmm. when people did not think there was another African story or that there was hope, when you had the opportunity to run and not come back, you were back you believed, you self invested, you fought to tell stories, you always tried all these different things. It's like, you know, you tried everything and in everything that you did, you literally, I feel that you're one of the people who has, who, who's like almost a, fa- who's founded or, or put the foundation in place Thank for you. where it is that we are in Africa now. No, it's mm-hmm. true because we shouldn't, f- we shouldn't forget that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's right now, it's like six years, eight years ago, it's not that long mm-hmm. ago, but, People are so quick to forget because Mm. everybody, I mean, Jay-Z's wearing Africa, you know, it's Mm. like, everything is like, the whole world is, Sees Africa as what it is But you're a visionary Because when the world didn't see Africa Mm -hmm. as what it was And when Africans didn't see Africa as what it was You always Mm -hmm. saw that And so I salute your courage I salute (laughs) just everything you've done You know, and everything that you continue to do And I I said it in part as a joke But quite literally If there was a point where you ran for president Not even of Nigeria, see yeah, Of this Africa (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Please call me. I'll be a campaign manager. I'll just be that. <laughs> but I thank think you, you do a fantastic thank job, and and just thank you. thank you for your contribution. And just you you literally are Africa retold. You, you are like all that. of those Absolutely things.
1: Told. Yes. Yeah. No. No. Thank you. And and I, and I think just just from my perspective, all the things that I did, you know, and you know the the book, the Africa's Greatest Entrepreneurs, the book. Nobody was writing about African business entrepreneurs. Mm. We were all looking at you know then Donald Trump, and yeah. you know um, now we're not looking at Trump anymore. <laughs> and you know there was always this but no one's done it mm. but no one's done it yeah. you know so it can't be done mm. and that's why i think that young people are so vital because you don't even know that it can't be done yeah. you know so like there were things that i was doing that people said you know when i did the Nolly books you cannot produce books for that for 50 rand and hope people will read them you can't print in color you can't do this i didn't know you couldn't do it because mm-hmm. i was I was younger, and I, you know, now I'm like, no, you can't do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, so I really think that you know, all these things. It's not necessarily about laying the, the 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 um laying a platform. It's like you know, as you build a platform, all of these things are for people to step onto and go up. You know, like now there's stuff about because at the time when I did living it, there's no, there was no series that sort of showed wealthy Africans mm. just hanging out. You know, it was always like. You know, you have, we had we to go and watch overseas stuff. Now it was like, oh no, there's a guy in Ghana that's just doing this and there's a guy mm-hmm. in Nigeria. So now that all of those things are there, so it just provides a platform for people to step on top of that and do better and do better and do better. And that's how I see it, that the young people there who've got fresh ideas and they should just start they should yeah. just
0: do stuff that's yeah. how
1: I see it because I'm old and tired
0: now no 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 not at all see we're Africans we don't get old we don't get we old don't get black not black skin doesn't crack <laughs> black, black doesn't crack <laughs> just one other question I wanted to ask sorry two real quick mm-hmm. so the first one is there any project that you did um before that you felt was ahead of time I know that there probably yes. are many yes. that you would that you wished all of the circum you know that everything was in place like, the, let me say that the ground was fertile as it is now that you feel was ahead of time.
1: Um. Oh, God, there, there's so many things. I mean, I, I didn't tell you, it's not even on my profile that I had an African fashion dress business wow. at the time. I was making shirts that were cut like Hugo Boss shirts. so they nice. them, All of this stuff. I mean, I, I've, I've done a lot of stuff yeah. and I'd have to kind of think. Think through that, but there is one little thing that I, I did. That um, those Nolly books, because I always remember this. I um, because I realised that people were not reading, people didn't read, and I still thought it was important to get stories across, and these were inspirational stories. So I developed these things called um, they were they were talking books. It's the pre before mm. podcasts came along. Mm, okay, so you could actually listen to these stories, and we and they were almost like um, old style radio. So they were there were like five characters, and each character had a voice. So we actually um recorded them. So there was a narrator, there was um the characters and they it was like a play. But it was thirty minutes, so each chapter was the length of a song, three minutes. So you could download it. We actually got it onto MTN's platform. Sure. But you know, I just it was just another exhausting new thing and yeah. I really wish because right now with podcasting I could just actually have do that now. But mm. I've moved on. Yeah. But anyway that was one thing that I Sure. Was before its time, way before its time, definitely,
0: and that's how we're going to bring this to wrap. Thank okay. you very much thank for spending you. time but with thank us. Thank you, you're S- such
1: an enthusiastic sort of shiny no, person. No, it's because I'm excited to.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you. I just love the fact that I get to speak to phenomenal people. But it's you, just... you've got a phenomenal job then. Oh, thank you, <laughs> but thank you.
1: Okay. Cool. Africa State of Mind with Lee Kasumba. Get it on iTunes now.